It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero. It's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Blah, 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 blah. Whenever you're listening, whenever you're watching, hope you're doing all right today. Special shout out uh, to all of our viewers on Fight TV, on uh, uh, Holyfield Television Network, uh, all of our radio stations across uh, U.S. and Canada. Uh, everybody watching live on streams, whether it be YouTube or our Facebook Live, our uh, uh, experimental Facebook Live. Uh, don't forget, if you are watching on Facebook, uh, you're not getting a full video experience, check it out over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TalkinBoxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G. And special shout out to WGIG in Brunswick, Georgia. Glad to have you all with us today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328. 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simons Island to get a decent Italian meal. You know, I, it's no joke either. Uh, it's worth the trip. And speaking about worth the trip, what a great segue as we're bringing uh, who the show is brought to us by today. How about the Sea Palms Resort and our next Billy C. Boxing event? It's being held August 25th and 26th at the Sea Palms. Uh, we are going to have uh, some celebrities there, uh, including former world champions Bobby Chez, Mike Weaver, uh, to name a few. Uh, renowned uh, trainer out of Tampa, Sherman Henson, will join us. Uh, we got uh, more uh, people that will... Uh, be filling you in on uh, what are we doing well we're going to be uh, hanging out and we're going to be uh, doing a meet and greet you get to hang out and uh, have some hors d'oeuvres with the uh, uh, celebs you get to play in a golf outing uh, all for fun of course uh, you get to uh, watch uh, the fight the farce which we'll get into a little bit later McGregor Mayweather uh, you get to watch that uh, you also get to be part of a live audience on the next uh, filming of uh, Billy C's uh, Boxing Revisited, all that stuff. Make sure you uh, come on down uh, and hang out with Sal and I at the Sea Palms. Visit uh, our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the Sea Palms to get the info and make your plans now. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Don Molino from Bondage, The Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can literally get a copy while you're watching or listening to the show. All you got to do is uh, visit uh, barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Or if you want a signed copy, just 
just come on over to billycboxing.com. Uh, one other note here, if you are uh, into communicating and getting some uh, of your thoughts uh, talked about on air, just come on over to the chat room in billycboxing.com. I know there's a lot of other chat rooms, including I try to respond in Facebook, but I know there's other chat rooms and stuff like that going on. But the one that we really monitor is up on billycboxing.com. Uh, coming up a little bit later on the show, we got the Boxing Hall of Famer and New Jersey Boxing Commissioner Larry Hazard scheduled to join us. Also, Alex Papali, my man, uh, will be stopping by and presenting this week's Blast from the Past, uh, which features a former uh, world champion and Boxing Hall of Famer, uh, Floyd... No, it doesn't begin with an M. It's Floyd Patterson. That's who we'll be talking about, Floyd Patterson, uh, a class act from top to bottom, and uh, we'll be talking about him. Uh, and speaking about the other Floyd... Uh, Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor held their uh, first uh, circus court yesterday. And uh, I got some quotes. Uh, I, I got some emails to read, um, all that stuff. But uh, first, joining me now uh, from St. Simons uh, is my man, uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. What's up, Sal? <laughs> Bill, good morning. I'll tell you, I must have too much time on my hand through that intro. I, I, I just gave you a pair of glasses on my cup. There you go. You see them. <laughs> there you go. I, you know, I, uh, I, I need the glasses. You know, I mean, uh, I do wear them. I do wear them. You know, I just don't wear. I just don't wear them. Uh, you know, unless I'm driving. You know, because I, I can't. It's weird what I need. But anyway, the Floyd Mayweather, uh, Conor McGregor uh, uh, circus show uh, started yesterday. Yeah. And uh, I, I tell you the truth. You know, some of the comments that were made. And, and you know, I, as always, when I talk about Floyd Mayweather, you know, anybody new to the show, uh, I got to start off by saying I'm not a big fan of, of Floyd. And if you've been uh, listening uh, to this show for any length of time, uh, you know that. And, you know, one of the reasons I'm not has nothing to do with, you know, his, um, his actions in the ring. Uh, but mostly has to do with him, the human being, and the fact that, in my opinion, uh, we never even got to see the best Floyd Mayweather because of his safety first. But, you know, the thing that bothers me, and it really became uh, crystal clear yesterday during the uh, the first hype uh, train, is that Floyd ha has been an expert at bamboozling his fans, his most loyal fans, the fans that shell out the money and support him. Now, there's many, many people that shell out the money because they don't like him and they want to see him lose. But uh, let, let me read you some quotes from Floyd, and I want to get your opinion. Uh, he says, uh, some guys play it safe. He's talking about people that fight him. Some guys play it safe, and then there's some guys like Marcos Maidana who go in for the kill. I think he, referring to uh, McGregor, I think he's the Maidana type. He's a heavy hitter, so I got to be cautious. This is basically going to be a toe-to-toe battle. Exactly. That's the first comment that, that I want to get your thoughts on. Because I don't know about you, Sal. But Floyd Mayweather has never been in a toe. I, I can't, at least for the last 10 years, when has he been in a toe-to-toe -to -toe battle? The guy doesn't exchange. It's one of the reasons I don't like watching his fights. They're boring to me. What's your thoughts on that comment? 
Well, I, I think it's it's something to aspire to and and uh, and uh, fantasize about. But uh, and you know what? There's nothing better I'd like to see than a toe and toe to toe brawl with uh, McGregor and 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 Mayweather. Eminem will call it. But uh, the truth of the matter is that's not going to happen. We're not going to see that kind of exchange between these two combatants. Did I say combatants? Yes, I did. Uh, it's going to be. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a one-sided fight. I think you know McGregor's only chance, like I said, is at the bell running over to his corner, just manhandling uh, Floyd, uh, throwing him into the ropes, into the corner. He, I mean, you do that in boxing anyway. You use your hands or whatever you could do, and and just pound away on him and and just. Uh, wait through any punches he's trying to do and keep him in one spot. Well, the, but Floyd's never going to be there for him to do that because Floyd is going to move around the ring, and and that's fine. That's his style. Floyd's smart. He knows what he has to do to beat this guy on Floyd's turn. Well, I don't so, know. How, you know, I, I give him credit. I don't know if he's too smart. I, I really don't. I don't think Floyd well, is as smart as he, he thinks. I don't think no, Floyd is as smart not. as people think. Let me give you some other quotes. Because really, the uh, <laughs> really the the best part of this fight is going to be these press conferences because that's about oh, the most yeah. action this is the we're going to get. This is we're, the exchange. We're going to get more action out of Floyd Mayweather, uh, you know, during these press conferences that we're going to get inside the ring. He says, "Now, now, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, and children of all ages, I, I you know, because we are on uh, multiple platforms uh, and uh, specifically TV and radio." I can't use the exact words, but you're going to get the gist, all right? Floyd says, and I quote, I don't give a F if it's a ring. I don't give a F if it's an octagon. Put me in there, and I'm going to kick his ass. I don't back down from no mother effing body. You line him up. I love this line. This is my favorite. You line him up, and I knock him down like bowling pins. On August 26th, I'm going to knock this biatch out too. If you want eight-ounce gloves... Let's put eight ounce gloves on. If you want four ounce gloves, let's put four ounce gloves on. Don't fool the public. On August 26th, I'm knocking <laughs> Connor out. He's going out on his face or on his back. Now, uh, before I go wow. on, before I go on, yes. Um, first of all, the biggest fooling of the public guy is Floyd Mayweather because we all know that he's the guy that set up all the demands. You know, eight-ounce gloves, four-ounce gloves. Floyd wouldn't fight. Unless he had the pillows on his hands, he wouldn't fight. You know, now now I will say this. Out of all of that stuff, I, my favorite line is, you line him up, I knock him down like bowling pins. I I just don't know when he he's done that. I, I You know, I mean, um, you know, his last knockout. I mean, come on. His last knockout was a sucker punch. You know, um, I, listen, I, I do believe, in all honesty, that he will knock out Conor McGregor only because Conor McGregor is going to be so tired that, you know, a fly lands on him and he's going to be knocked out. That's what Floyd's game plan has to be. He is not going toe-to-toe. He's not lining people up. No. He's not knocking them out. Who's actually buying into this BS, Sal? I'll tell you. I want to see them line up. And uh, uh, hypothetically, like I said all along, let Floyd go into the ring before the uh, Triple G and Canelo Alvarez fight. Let him challenge those guys. Let's let him put his money where his mouth is. Let them call them him out right now. You know, that would be unique. That would be a little sizzle away from the fire right now if Triple G and, and, and uh, uh, Alvarez uh, made some kind of the comments towards that well we'll just wait and see if uh if the guy that's going to line him up wants to really take on a real fighter after we 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 uh leave the ring 
you know. You know but that's not going to happen. I know he, that. That's he, a he, fantasy. He, he, let me just read some more quotes before we go. <laughs> I, I want to hear. I want to yeah. hear. I want he, he said, he alludes to, now we all knew, we said this on yesterday's show. We yeah. said on yesterday's show that he was, somebody was going to bring up the IRS issues. All right. And, and, and you know, that's a whole nother joke uh, about it. And actually, too bad we weren't uh, recording our conversation before we went on air, but we, we hit did. it on the head. Unfortunately, we can't talk about that now. But, uh, you know, he, Mayweather alludes to the IRS uh, reporting. He's like, he's going, give me, the, give me the backpack. Give me the backpack. Give me that backpack. You know, so one of his cronies grabbed the backpack and he opens up and he zips out and he whips out a check. And he goes, uh, you know, he's showing this. He goes, um, uh, he says, let me show you mother effers what a hundred million dollar fighter look like i still got a hundred million i ain't even touched this and then he used another explosive i you know and he and he showed up uh, showed what it appeared to be a hundred million dollar check now I, I tell you the truth sal and i'm not suggesting that somebody did this for floyd but i'll be glad to write a check to you if if you want it uh that says a hundred million dollars on it uh i could write a check for for 200 million dollars that doesn't mean I got the money in the bank to cover. If he's got, if I if I was Floyd, if I was Floyd, if I had a hundred million dollar check that I haven't cashed yet, I'd suggest that he goes and cash it and pay off the IRS. I mean, to me that that was. Let, let me just finish. He says we knew that I was the A side. That's why this biatch has to come to the boxing ring with me. He looks, uh, he looks great for a seven figure fighter. He looks great for an eight figure fighter, but. Mother effer, I'm a nine-figure fighter. Y'all know what? This biatch made three million for his last fight. That's training camp money for me. Um, you know, <laughs> I, it's it's become you know, and in all seriousness, in all seriousness, Floyd Mayweather, you know, yes, he's been successful charading around with his undefeated record and his cherry-picked opponents, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know what? At the end of the day, Floyd Mayweather clearly has a legacy that. You know, uh, somebody's going to remember something about this guy. But well, yeah. Well, but what he's doing now? But I love the butt. Yeah, here comes the butt. But what the he's butt. doing now? He's become a circus act. He's become a WWE act. I, I mean, anybody does? Is anybody believing this, I, I, Sal? Is anybody believing this? Well, you know what? Unfortunately. I think there are a handful that will, of course, Floyd's fans. But the bottom line is these guys got to promote a fight. Everyone who has a, a, a little foundation of boxing history realizes that this is a farce and not a fight. So they've got to sell the hype because they've got themselves on the hook here for a couple hundred million each that uh, are going to be generated in revenue. So they've got to create and stimulate the interest on another level because I, I – I know there's going to be the primary, the secondary, maybe the tertiary interest here, but uh, it's not going to really. They're trying to sell it. Is what I'm trying to say, Bill. They got to sell it. So you know what? If they got to do WWE, they got to do MMA, they got to do boxing, whatever they got to do to sell it, they've got to sell it. And they should be uh, verbally attacking each other, leading up to what they're going to what they're going to try and do in the ring. But the bottom line is, let them keep throwing the stuff against the wall and see what sticks and so you know but they're selling it they're selling it that's all this is that's yeah, all the hype I, is and I, that's what he's trying to do i just wonder what idiot's gonna buy it that's all i, I well, you know I, I mean i mean you know if, if you want to spend a hundred dollars on a pay-per-view that's gonna yeah. be a, a basically a, a farce a wwe event i mean i mean if that's what you're paying because listen 
Anybody that tried to tune into that press conference had to sit through music and, and all these accolades and Paulie Malignaggi actually trying to be technical of how the fight's got to be. It's a joke. It's a joke. Conor McGregor said this. He's got little legs. He's got little hands. I'm going to knock him out inside of four rounds. Mark my words. Floyd will be unconscious inside of four rounds. The power and ferociousness that I have, he's never experienced it before. I don't fear him. Floyd's just talking uh, SH and there's a T at the end. There's an I in there too. Um, you know, I, I mean, the, the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, if you want to give Conor McGregor any chance, I, the best chance he's got is that when Floyd goes out, when the bell rings to start the first round, that he actually trips and falls and, and knocks himself out uh, on the canvas because I don't think Conor McGregor uh, has a shot in hell. Uh, to win this fight. I, I really don't. And uh, Sal, uh, I hold that thought because, you know, we, we got this uh, stupid uh, break schedule we got to fulfill. So let me take Holding. a quick break. Hold that thought. Little hands, little feet. I'm going to knock them out. Hold that thought. We'll be back okay. in two. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> That's my face. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching. The Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And speaking of being with us, uh, with me now is uh, my man uh, Sal Rocky uh, Senecola. And Sal, um, before we went to break, uh, you know, I gave you Conor McGregor's quotes. Um, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, this is a, a smokescreen, and I and I honestly believe that Floyd. You know, I, people always. J- Joe Lewis was one of the greatest fighters of all time, and sure. you know, I, I mean there's no question about that and a lot of people remember the end of of uh, of joe lewis not so much the real end when when they wheeled him out and he passed away uh but the end when he was uh you know doing wrestling wwe stuff and um you know the harder they fall uh shows that you know and uh, i mean um it's happened in the past floyd mayweather all of a sudden to me is not in the WWE, but he's certainly acting like it with this event and fight and all that stuff. Your thoughts? Well, like I said, he's selling it. He's promoting it. He's got to create the interest in it. And, uh, you know, and McGregor, like I said, I'd be contradictive and a hypocrite if I didn't say any given night. We really don't know what's going to be evolving here. I mean, we can see what we'd like to say and see on paper, black and white. Floyd Mayweather shouldn't even be touched by this guy. And he'll be moving, he'll be defensive, he'll be offensive when he can, when he's out of range. (laughs) And I think that uh, he should clearly beat this guy in a dominant fashion and then make this guy look like an amateur that he is because he's never fought professionally. But the bottom line is this guy's got a shot. If, If he ran across the ring and waded through Floyd's little fluff punches and trapped him and threw him in a corner and just started pounding on his arms all over the place and you know, and not let Floyd breathe or give him a chance to escape. 
you know, you could see something happening. But is that going to happen? No. The odds are that Floyd will never be in that position because he will not allow that to happen because Floyd is a very smart, calculating fighter. He'll uh, he'll uh, dissect and uh, and come up with a style that he can troubleshoot and offset his opponent's strengths. Yeah, he's going to run. I, I, listen, it's not going to be a fight. It's not going to be a fight. Anybody, well, like say, any, a anybody that wastes their money on I, I just think that Floyd, people are going to, I'll tell you what. You know, I use this analogy all the time. All of a sudden, my blood pressure is starting to go, right? I, I, I use this that. analogy all the time. Calm down, relax. I, I use this analogy all the time. You know, you, you think of all time. I, I got I got somebody in, in the Facebook, you know, telling me Floyd's going to be number one. Uh, you know, he bought into it. He drank the Kool-Aid. Uh, you know, whatever. I think he's been hit too many times. But anyway, the truth of the matter is, is that, uh, you know, Floyd Mayweather, uh, you know, when you look at, at, at Floyd, I... You're gonna you're you're gonna see this. I, I the analogy I use all the time is, think of a great fighter. Let me throw a name, and and you close your eyes, and automatically some great fights will pop into mind. Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray Robinson, Marvin Hagler, you know uh, Joe Lewis, uh, you know Rocky Marciano, uh, even Manny Pacquiao. You know I, I mean uh, Toro Gotti. You know you mention a name, and and I you know I ran Barkley. You know, B-Hop, you know, Oscar De La Hoya. You mention a name, Mike Tyson, and, and, a, and a fight will pop into your mind that you remember. You know, oh, my God, did you see True. Mike Tyson knock out uh, so-and-so or, or Jack Dempsey, you know, destroying this guy or, or so on and so forth. Sugar Ray Robinson, all those six fights with Jake LaMotta. Uh, you know, I, you mentioned Floyd Mayweather. What comes to mind? You know, oh, uh, he was wearing a hat that had 48 on it yesterday. Oh, he's wearing a track suit. Uh, you know, he's he had all his cronies around. I mean, do you remember a fight? Does it the stick out? The only fight out? I remember is Pacquiao. And, you re and the Pacquiao reason, and, and, and why do you remember it, Sal? Because Pacquiao said he had a hurt shoulder. No, you and remember Pacquiao, it. No. You remember it because it was anticlimactic. Floyd was Mayweather's whole career will be remembered as anticlimactic. Okay, and, and the thing is, is this, you know, now, I, and the reason why I think that Floyd Mayweather's legacy is being tarnished with this fight is because the fight that people are going to remember is this fight, Conor McGregor. Now, should Conor McGregor land this lucky punch that he claims he's going to, which I don't think he will, Floyd Mayweather, just like you said, and, and I agree with you, uh, will be too defensive-minded. He's going to pull a Muhammad Ali against George Foreman. He's going to let Conor McGregor tire himself out. He's never even gone close to, to four or five rounds. And then he's going to go in for the kill, and he's probably going to get the knockout, which I think he will. But the truth of the matter is, is that's going to be the fight people remember. And the part of this, and you and I talked about this off air, the biggest fault of this fight is the Nevada State Athletic Commission for allowing yeah. it to count as a real fight. This fight, I would be the first guy in line to see it live if it were an exhibition. But counting as a real fight is a, is a travesty to all the other fighters that have worked so hard and, and to all the young fighters today that are in the gym working hard. For the Nevada State Athletic Commission to be bought out like they were. Bob Bennett, you should be ashamed of yourself, you little punk. It's a shame that they let this happen, Sal. It is. Did Bob Bennett ever write you back? 
No, he never did. He's a punk. Okay. He's a punk. Okay. He shouldn't be in a position like that. Anybody that's that gives credence to the to the broadcast crew, you know, and and thanking them for putting them on TV is is no one in a position uh, to run a commission. We're gonna have Larry Hazard come up here in a couple of minutes, and uh, there, there, there's a strong uh, guy that knows how to run a, a boxing commission. But anyway, uh, what's your thoughts? I, you know, like I said off air, I think the whole Nevada State Athletic Commission should really be ashamed and should uh, really uh, look at the whole historical aspect of boxing and the whole thing that uh, they're doing here to allow this fight to even happen. Uh, you know, and I will recall what Bobby Chez told me uh, very smartly. He did say, Sal, how the commission is probably looking at this is these are both striker sports or, or, or uh and uh, that's how they're getting it in and then validated under the flag of, uh, of uh, boxing, sanctioned boxing. But it's a farce, just like it would be if uh, Floyd Mayweather went into an MMA arena. What's going to happen? Well, if, if, if Conor McGregor didn't carry him, he's going to destroy him. He'll destroy him. I mean, he'll kill him. Uh, so why should it be that different with Conor McGregor entering the field of boxing? Uh, it's not. And uh, it's just something that I really wish the commissioner looked at very closely and didn't uh, approve of it as being a sanctioned uh, boxing match that's going to count on Floyd's record or anything and, else. It should have been an exhibition. It should have been a nice little union, a nice little uh, time where we could have been promoting it and talking about it and seeing what's going to happen with it, some anticipation. Well, let me tell you something. An exhibition would have made everybody happy. Nevada could have got their money. Floyd could have got his money. Connor could have got his money. And everything's cool. And let's just let's just make something perfectly clear to all the ignorant young fans out there that are putting so much value in this 50, 50th win that Floyd will get. 49-0, Rocky Marciano's record was significant for heavyweights. That's no right. heavyweight That's has right. ever won 49 fights in a row. None to this day. No. But many fighters have surpassed 50-0 and 0 before losing Absolutely. their first fight. Uh, you know, Julio Cesar Chavez is, is the first name that comes to mind. You know, what was it, 80 fights before he 80 lost? 80 fights you know, before so, he So, so I mean, the 49-0 oh and 0 is nothing. The significance wow. were heavyweight. I give Floyd credit for turning the tables and bamboozling the young fan base to think that that's a record. And and here's the other thing. If Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. retired after he was 70-0, and 0, we would have never seen him fight 100 pro fights. We would have never seen him win 100 pro fights. He was tested, and, he, and he, challenged, he challenged himself on a regular basis. Floyd's not doing that. For anybody that thinks that Floyd's the only guy to ever have won 50 in a row, you're mistaken. You're mistaken. The record came out because of Rocky Marciano and the significance in the heavyweight division. And the same goes true while I'm on it. The same goes true for the pound-for-pound pound list. That was made because of Sugar Ray Robinson. They were trying to give him credit because at that time, everyone cared only about the heavyweights. And pound-for-pound pound list was created. Now, people have the audacity to even put heavyweights on a pound-for-pound pound list, which shouldn't be the case. A pound-for-pound pound list should be, hey, if a guy is small, he can't physically fight in a heavyweight division. But if he could take all of his attributes and move to, move to an up-or-down division, is he still as good? 
My greatest example of that was Klitschko, Vladimir Klitschko. Dominated the heavyweight division for nearly a decade. But that's because of his size, his arm reach, his, his, his advantages like that. If you make him a welterweight, now all of a sudden he's fighting the same guys, same weight. Does he dominate for a decade? The answer is no. The answer is no. But if you take a guy, and, and I'll take a guy like Manny Pacquiao. You take a guy, Manny Pacquiao, in his prime, a fighter that, uh, you know, in all those different weight classes, move him up to heavyweight, give him the same hand speed, and all the attributes that he had on the smaller weights in his prime, and does he still destroy heavyweights? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. So I, and the same thing with Floyd. If he was a heavyweight, you know, is his defensive skill the same? If, if it is the same, does he win heavyweights? Yeah, he's a pound-for-pound pound fighter. Is he the greatest? No. And speaking of Manny Pacquiao, uh, just so you know, he didn't get paid either, by the way. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's out there uh, saying that you know <laughs> Freddie Roach, uh, you know, should know uh, that he didn't get paid either, and he threw the blame up on uh, Bob Arum. So Bob Arum uh, hasn't paid anybody yet. Uh, so that's a, a fiasco. I mean, the two biggest names. How sad is it when the two biggest names in boxing for the last ten years, Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather? have both uh, come down so far. Floyd Mayweather fighting a, a, a guy uh, from MMA in a, in a WWE-type fight, and Manny Pacquiao still not getting paid after losing to a, a, a subpar opponent. It's, it's wow. man, have things fallen, huh? Wow, they have. I'll tell you what, the... the... The barrel was open, man. I'll tell you, this is this is well. I was going to say another black guy unboxing, but this these guys should be paid. I mean, I can understand if uh, he's counting the receipts and seeing what's coming in as far as revenue, so he doesn't sign a blank check. But I know Bob Aaron has to have this money, and you know, the bottom line is these guys got to get paid. And uh, I wonder if Jeff Horn got paid. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Hey, listen, Sal, you're going to have uh, some time on your hands because we're going to take a break right now. I'm going to get Larry Hazard on the line. So uh, uh, take your break, fill your coffee, and we'll talk to you in a bit. I will, buddy. You take care and tell Mr. Hazard I said hello. I certainly will. I'll listen. Thank we'll you. We'll be back care, in a buddy. bit. Bye-bye. That's Sal Rocky Senecola. He'll be back in a few. Meanwhile, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, Larry Hazard scheduled to join us. Don't go nowhere. Billy C. will be right back. Have you heard? Proactive Plus is faster and better than ever. Stay tuned for a million bottle giveaway and you'll also receive free shipping. Do you have troubled skin? Acne? Well, we have great news. With Proactive Plus, your acne can heal and you can help prevent new breakouts from happening. Don't miss this limited time offer. Give us a call at 800-567-0214 because we're going to let a million people try Proactive Plus risk-free and get two free gifts and also receive free shipping when you call right now. You heard it. This offer won't last long. So call Proactive Plus now and you'll receive a 60-day risk-free trial of Proactive Plus, two free extras, and free shipping. Call 800-567-0214. This is our exclusive radio offer, never on TV. Get your risk-free 60-day trial of Proactive Plus with free shipping. That's right, free shipping. Don't wait. Call 800-567-0214. That's 800-567-0214. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. 
Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And speaking of being with us, joining me right now uh, is a Boxing Hall of Famer and New Jersey Boxing Commissioner and my man, Larry Hazard. What's up, Larry? Morning, Billy. How you doing? Ah, good, good. I, I uh, you know, I had some stuff to talk to you about, but I guess unfortunately we're going to have to talk about uh, the uh, circus that took place yesterday in uh, out west. Uh, did you get a chance to watch it, or did you promise yourself uh, not to uh, be subjected? I to, watched uh, a little bit. I watched a little bit. All right. Well, let 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 me let me let, let me say this. Um, you know, obviously, we all know it's a big show and all of that, and I I can't believe. Um, you know, they're they're actually trying to talk about this Paulie Malinaji acting like, you know, he's trying to be, you know, this is what so-and-so's got to do to win and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, um, I, I, I just, I, I can't get past the fact that Floyd is trying to, and, and McGregor too, they're trying to sell it like this is going to be a real fight. Floyd says, you know, put people up. I've been doing it for 21 years. Put people in front of me and I knock them down like bowling pins. I'm saying, I said, what? what? What fights is he talking about? I mean, I, I could go back 10. The last knockout, I, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, was Victor Ortiz. And I, and I personally felt that Joe Cortez almost got the guy killed for losing uh, control. What, what's your what's your full take on, on this circus? I think that they... They're just doing what they feel is necessary to do to get people interested and buy it. Uh, obviously, if the fight is taking place, I, I, I would think that they feel that there's a big market for it, but maybe they're starting to have second thoughts on it. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you, Billy, I, I really, it's really going to take a lot for me, I'd rather just give $100 to charity because um, they say that it's $100. I was taken in by that Pacquiao fight with Mayweather, which I kept telling myself, even before that fight, how it was going to end, how it was going to be very boring, how it was going to come nowhere near what people were expecting. And, of course, I was right along with a lot of other people on that one. On this one, anything can happen. We always know that in a fight. But the odds are so uh, lopsided with this uh, McGregor guy coming from the world of MMA using boxing rules and a boxing ring going 12 rounds well, you know MMA bouts are most five at the most, five rounds at the most, but for most they're, they're like three-round fights. This guy, in my opinion, you know, is making a big show with the press conference and all of the other stuff to, you know, make people feel that he does have a chance. I don't see him having any chance with Mayweather I'm, I'm thinking that this fight is going to be, you remember when Ali fought the Japanese guy, everybody was all hyped up on it. The guy laid on the canvas, 
and kicked him in the back of his legs for like 15 rounds. Well, all I see McGregor doing is running around the ring, Floyd trying to get him to fight, and maybe a few exchanges here and there and more running. It's going to be very, very hard for me to shove out $100 to, uh, to watch this, Billy. I'm being very honest about it. Well, that's why you're going to come down and join us at our event that weekend because uh, we're going to show it so you don't have to shell out $100. But wait a minute. You said, I think it's the other way around. I think McGregor's going to be running, chasing Floyd, trying to get him to fight, and Floyd is going to be picking his shot. I, I, I think, realistically, I think that this fight is going to end similar to Ali Foreman. I think that... Floyd Mayweather um, is going to uh, let Conor McGregor come at him, throw his haymakers. Conor McGregor, just like you said, has never been, uh, you know, past five rounds. Uh, have this guy totally spent, gassed. And by the sixth round, Floyd is going to get a knockout because Conor McGregor is going to be knocking himself out from fatigue. And uh, I think that this fight will end with Floyd getting a knockout. I do believe that that will happen. But I don't give Conor McGregor uh, much of a chance. I mean, I, you know, would it suit me to see him, you know, knock Floyd down just, uh, you know, just for the for the uh, f f effect? Yeah, I would. But I don't think that Conor McGregor has a chance. I really don't. And uh, it's a payday. And and like I said, Larry, if this was an exhibition, I'm all for it. I'm all for it, a hundred percent. But I don't like the fact that the Nevada State Athletic Commission has approved it as a real fight. They're putting Conor McGregor, in all intent purposes, in danger by fighting a future Hall of Famer, a 49-0 guy, uh, and this is his pro debut. I don't care how many MMA fights he's had. Well, I agree with you on that. I really do in terms of the fight itself. If it was an exhibition, I would be a little bit more enthusiastic about it um, I think that it would be uh, more forthright being a, an exhibition. But to try to make this appear as though it's going to be a competitive boxing event, I just don't buy into it. I don't, and, 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 you know, we, we thought that Buster Douglas didn't have a chance against Mike Tyson. I mean, nobody gave him a chance, and we saw what happened. But I don't think that there's a chance of, of that. At least Buster was a fighter, you know, a boxer. And I just don't see that happening in this event. I really don't. So I think you got a bunch of um, people who just are well-wishers, hoping. And they see this as MMA versus boxing, I guess. Okay, but I see it nothing more than a sideshow that has garnered enough attention to generate a lot of money for both of these guys. Well, there's, so, no, there's no doubt that there's a lot of money, and I agree with you 100%. This is MMA against boxing, and that's why I think they will do okay with the pay-per-view. I, I believe that the majority of the people that are going to shell out to Benji for that would be uh, the MMA fans because, yeah. you know, should he win? Should Conor McGregor, like you said, pull a bus to Douglas and win and upset uh, Floyd Mayweather? That is so beneficial to the sport of MMA. Forget about Conor McGregor. It really elevates the sport of MMA 
immensely should he beat Floyd Mayweather. Now, you know, most of us don't give him a chance. But, you know, on the other side of the coin, the millions of people that bought Mayweather Pacquiao or Mayweather uh, Oscar De La Hoya, et cetera, et cetera, the boxing people, the boxing public, or even the casual fan that bought it because it was an event, that's the question mark I have. Are the boxing fans going to buy it? Even the Floyd Mayweather diehard fans, the ones that believe all of, all of his BS, the ones that, that make him the best of ever and all these things, are they going to shell out the money? Because let's face it, Larry, there's a lot of people that buy Floyd Mayweather fights because they're hoping that he's going to lose. You know, I don't even think those people are going to try to buy this one because uh, they're not giving, uh, you know, McGregor much of a chance. I mean, do you think it's going to break the records like they're saying? No, I don't. No, I don't. But, again, I say that very tepidly because, you know, fans are are strange. They're strange animals. You know, even though you get taken once, somehow, you know, with the, with the right gift of gab, real fans, you get, they get taken again, you know. Because there's always that chance that this thing turns out to be something that none of us expect it to be. But I just, I just can't see it. But I don't, I don't see the fans falling for it, really, Billy. In my circle, there's not a whole lot of talk about this. You know, every now and then somebody would bring it up. But I'm not, I'm not feeling, I'm not really feeling the enthusiasm. And maybe, maybe I, you know, maybe I'm wrong. But I'm not really feeling the enthusiasm that there was for Pacquiao. Let's let's just take the Pacquiao Mayweather. Even though you know diehard boxing guys like us, we we kind of already knew what was the the outcome and the type of fight it was going to be, and we were right on that one. We were. It was boring as hell. You felt like you had got taken for the money, okay? But it was what it was. But this time around, I just don't even feel that. I don't even feel. I don't feel that and uh, enthusiasm. I don't feel that level of anticipation. You know, maybe it'll happen later on as we get closer to the date. But right now, I don't feel it. I don't feel it like I did when they announced Pacquiao Mayweather. And, and, and the reason I keep using that example, they're predicting that this is going to be bigger. Well, if it's going to be bigger, there's going to have to be a major rush of enthusiasm and anticipation, you know, as we go along. But right now, I, I just don't feel it, and I don't really think that it's going to uh, live up to the expectations of some people. I really don't. Well, I, you know, when we looked at the... Uh Mayweather-Pacquiao uh, uh, fight, you know, it, it was a fight that we all wanted, uh, you know, five, six years earlier. Um, it was a fight that, that had significance in the sport of boxing. Uh, it was a fight that, that took two guys that were parallel in their careers for, for quite some time and finally put them in the ring together. Uh, the delays that, that took place prior to making that fight happen, you could say it was this guy's fault, that guy's fault, whatever. But at the end of the day, we finally got to see the fight. Unfortunately, 
it didn't live up to expectations. A lot of times they never do. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and aside from all of that, nothing really was was clarified because, you know, Pacquiao with the excuses about my shoulder, then the Pacquiao fans actually to this day think that they that he won the fight, you know, and I'm saying, I, listen, I mean, it's ridiculous, uh, you know. Um, so, so uh, you know, there's still question marks there. This fight doesn't answer anything except how strong uh, of the uh, uh, of the, how strong is the buying power of an MMA fan? I think it's going to boil down to that. The MMA fans want this fight. Diehard boxing fans, every single one of them I've talked to, thinks this fight is a farce. It is a farce. Um, they can spin it and try to sell it any which way, yep. uh, but uh, but it's a farce. And you know, I think that that's what bothers me the most. If if you come out and say. You know, you know the old saying, if it walks like a duck, you know, quacks like a duck and water runs off the back like a duck, it's a duck, you know. And, you know, I think I would have been more uh, acceptable of this fight if it was an exhibition. I, I would be all for it. It would be interesting. And, and you, you made the uh, comparison with the uh, Ali against the uh, all-time great uh, Japanese uh, uh, wrestler Inoki. Um, you know, the difference in that fight which I give Ali credit for. And those kicks were real. They were hurting him. Uh, Ali won, yeah. of course. But, um, I, you know, Floyd had everything in his favor for this fight. You know, the only credit I give Conor McGregor, you know, aside from him making uh, the, the money that he set out to make, is that he's crossing over and he's going to fight everything that Floyd laid out. His size ring, his location, his size gloves, etc., etc., etc. You know, he's made no... Uh, you know, Floyd made no consolation. And now when you sprinkle in all the publicized IRS problems that Floyd has, which how many times have you heard that, Larry? I mean, I, forget Floyd. Every fighter. I mean, I mean, I, you know, if he's so smart, you know, why isn't he, you know, or, or why isn't he surrounding himself? These guys around him don't care about Floyd. They're milking him and robbing him right while he's looking. And, and to me. If Floyd's so smart, why doesn't he realize that? If he's so smart saying, well, I don't want to take a beating. I'm safety first. I don't want to be brain dead. Yeah, you're smart for that. But what about the other part of it? You know, manage, you know, he manages his career. He makes all the choices. Well, then at the end of the day, I don't ever want to hear Floyd say, oh, this guy robbed me. That guy misled me. You know, don't say it because he's the guy doing it. And, and all this money from Conor McGregor is going to pay off taxes that he owes from two years ago. He's going to be in the same boat two years from now with this fight. And and the other the other funny thing is he's br throwing a check around in front of the press conference yesterday. Here's a $100 million check. I don't need it so much. I didn't even cash it. I was saying earlier, Larry, why don't you stick it in the bank and pay the IRS because they're never going to let go, man. Just talk to Joe Lewis, right? Well, I mean, why is he doing that? You know, the more things change, the more they stay the same, you know? You know, it takes you – it makes you think back – to generations, you know, past with fighters that made millions of dollars, which is probably pretty close, if not equal, to uh, the money that Floyd makes today. You know, um, two or three or four decades ago, a uh, million dollars, man, was like, wow, you know. And so, you know, that's, that's it's just a mentality. And what you're saying is absolutely correct. You're so smart, man. Why? Well, first off, you're so smart. Why do you even owe the IRS? Exactly. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. That shouldn't even be a, a topic of conversation. But something I want, I would, I would like to just touch on 
uh, you said about uh, giving McGregor all the credit for accepting all of the the platform as it is all it's all boxing related all in Floyd's favor at least um looking at it from our perspective but he had no choice really for the money for the money you know uh that's why he did it and and that brings up a very interesting thing about MMA which i think um you know even though we we right here in New Jersey uh we gave MMA a major boost when it was starting out i really think that MMA has has bottomed out now um the major stars of MMA they're pretty much have dissipated they're gone you know with with the defeat of the young lady uh, Ronda Rousey um that took a lot out of the sport and now you got Conor McGregor who possibly is the face of the sport at this point moving on to boxing for a major payday uh, and that's something that I pointed out to a number of so-called MMA fans is that boxing still a major boxing event still is three or four times larger than the biggest MMA event that you could promote the MMA fighters I think at this point have reached their limit in terms of um pay out money, the purses, you know. So I think that's what, what's happening now is that Conor McGregor and many or whatever's left Conor McGregor's in the sport of MMA will all be looking to move on uh, perhaps to uh, challenge, you know, in the big arena of boxing for the paydays. So, you know, it really doesn't say that much for the sport of MMA. And that in my opinion, is why Conor McGregor was so accepting of everything that Floyd Mayweather wanted, you know, going into the bout, you know. So it's it's really, that's what makes it really more so a boxing event and a professional, perhaps the greatest fighter of his era, fighting against someone, you know, who really has doesn't have a chance of winning. You know, because there he won't be able to just demonstrate or display any of his MMA skills in this in this event. That's what makes it such a farce, in my opinion. You know, is the sport of MMA the problem? Is that it's and 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 it's a it's it's a problem maybe for the fighters, but not so much for the the league. The UFC, you're right. The UFC may have a salary cap, so to speak, with the fighters. But at the end of the day, they're the ones, it's like the NFL, you know, uh, they're the ones that are that are capping out and, and putting a limit on what the fighters can make, the UFC, right? So maybe you're right in a sense, but, you know, and, and they made, it, it was the... It was the foresight of uh, a guy like Dana White who, who formed the league and, and had these guys under control because should that not have been the case, should it have taken off and been like boxing, these guys would be in, in a much better position, I, at least I think. you know. So you're right. No, uh, maybe, uh, maybe the power... Yeah, and and, go ahead. Go ahead no, go I was ahead. saying maybe the power and the stranglehold that the league, the UFC league, has on, on its fighters 
maybe that's starting to loosen a bit. You know, as the as you see this, maybe this will open a door for other crossover fights. But uh, again, I I honestly believe that from a safety, you know, I, the thing that bothers me, Larry, is everybody's always talking about the safety, 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 and this isn't this to me. This is a safety issue. You know, how do you let? Uh, and I and I go back to the same line all the time. How do you let a pro debut fighter, regardless of how uh, you know uh, exceptional and 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 successful he was in his field of play, fight a, an established fighter? This isn't a. This isn't. A, I mean, you could make an argument if he had a uh, an, an Olympic, uh, you know, career. If he had an amateur career where he's facing world level opposition, and you can make that argument. He hasn't, you know. And and I just always wonder, and I and I know you you feel similar about you know the ABC and all of this stuff. I mean, they prance around saying safety, 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 and then you have a black and white um, situation in front of you. And everybody turns away and, and doesn't see clearly? I, I don't get it. Billy, the ABC, you know, you mentioned that. I'm glad you, this is a rare mention of the ABC, okay? The ABC is a joke, all right? All you have at the ABC is a conglomeration of all of the, and, and you know, all of the commissions don't, don't even belong to the ABC now. You know, you have 2021 commissions, including New Jersey, who don't even participate in ABC activities because of the leadership and because of several issues coming out of their last convention relative to health and safety. And it's, it's ironic that you mention that. You know, to, when you hear boxing uh, people, administrators, powers, power uh, brokers talk about health and safety. That's a good sound bite, Billy. They, for the most part, they're not really concerned about health and safety. If they were, Billy, most commissions would have a uniform set of rules and regulations relative to health and safety. You still can go to so many states where fighters don't even need um, uh, brain scans, where Nurse practitioners examine fighters, and the documents are accepted. Don't have to be examined by an MD. You still got states where they don't even have an ambulance uh, present during bout. So if somebody needs to be rushed to a hospital, you know, there's still a chance that a, a fighter might die because there wasn't immediate EMTs on site to rush him to hospital. So, so you know, this thing that you always hear. Uh, health and safety, even some referees. That's a good soundbite because people like to hear that. Like they, for so many years, talked about pensions for boxers. See, all of that sounds good, but there's never been a real intent of doing any of these things. Boxing, for many, in many uh, ways, still is in the dark ages when it comes to health and safety of the fighters. Just go do the research. You'll see. Take a toll. Take a poll of of all the commissions, and find and, and you will be you will be astonished at some of the um, medieval uh, practices that still take place. So you know this health and safety thing. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just a bunch for for many for many. It's just 
a play on words, Billy. Believe me. No, Trust I, me. Listen, I, I do. I do. I, and I agree with you. And, you know, uh, <laughs> next time I see you, I'll tell you a story about a commission when I was promoting. It's uh, sad but true. But uh, uh, in any event, um, unfortunately, uh, you know, this uh, circus is going to go on for a couple of weeks. But uh, next time we'll, we'll have some stuff to talk about, like the World Boxing Super Series, which I love, and all those fights. I mean, uh, uh, very good, and I hope it helps the Cruiserweight division uh, because it's a division that I, I don't know why mm-hmm. we don't have uh, as, many, uh, uh, in- as much interest here in the States. But the only thing, and I'm out of time, I have less than a minute, but the only thing I wanted to ask you is, are you surprised that there's no American fighters involved in this uh, World Boxing Super Series? And, and knowing that, you know, these are all champions that are fighting each other. They're fighting whoever they put in. They're putting their belts on the line, et cetera, et cetera. And out of the mix, there's no U.S. fighters. I, I mean, that kind of bothers me. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not really surprised that, uh, you know, we, we have to, you know, try to find out why, you know. I don't know why there are no American fighters involved in. Maybe, uh, you know, it comes to back down to the money, too, at some point. And what role does the sanctioning organizations play in all of this in terms of their rankings and things of that nature? You know, I don't know, Billy, but it is disappointing. You know, I think that there are several American champions who would be very competitive in, in this uh, World Series. Yeah, no, I, I uh, you know, it just gives me uh, reason to believe that uh, a lot of American fighters are are uh, not looking at the full picture, and and their goal is, and and I and I'm not going to knock them because you know their goal is to provide for themselves and their family. Um, yeah. But at some point, even you know, even when you, a title is being dangled in front of you, and you choose not to go, uh, you know, the only thing that that this uh, series is showing us is that you don't have a choice at who you fight. And um, that is the problem with a lot of these guys, I think. They don't want to not be able to pick their opponent. And uh, um, that says a lot if you read between the lines, you know. Yep, yep. Larry, I appreciate your time, and I appreciate you uh, talking about a subject I know you didn't really want to talk about. uh, But, uh, hey, we put it behind us, right, my man? We'll talk about some other stuff. we got a lot of good fights this week, so uh, we'll talk about some good fights uh, next time, all right? Okay, Billy. All right, brother. Have a good day. You too. That's my man, uh, Larry Hazard. And trust me, uh, you know, I know uh, that Larry uh, uh, is not keen on this fight, you know, and uh, I appreciate him giving us – uh, the time uh, to uh, to discuss that. But uh, in any event, listen, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, blast from the past. We're going to be talking about Floyd. No, no, not that Floyd. Floyd Patterson, former world heavyweight champion and boxing Hall of Famer. All coming up in two. Don't go nowhere. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And 
we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us today. And, uh, you know, we've been uh, doing this now for 14 years. And uh, one of the uh, most uh, appreciated and favorite segments that we've done uh, is the one that we're going to be doing right now. It's the Blast from the Past. Today's Blast from the Past is being sponsored uh, by the Title Bout Championship Computer Game. Get yourself a copy by visiting our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the Title Bout uh, banner. And also, by kofantasyboxing.com. Sign up today. Visit the site, www.kofantasyboxing.com. Now, today's Blast from the Past uh, features former World Heavyweight Champion and Boxing Hall of Famer uh, Floyd Patterson. And joining us right now to tell us all about Floyd Patterson uh, is my man uh, Alex Perpally. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Billy C. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Uh, we'll get to the we'll get to the other thing later or later in the week. But uh, Floyd Patterson today. The yeah, other. I, I hope we can wrap him up because uh, hopefully we can wrap him up like in 20 minutes so we could uh, talk a little bit about. Uh, Floyd yeah. versus McGregor. Yeah. Floyd, <laughs> I put. A, I love the line. Ah, they line them up and I knock them down like bowling pins. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I, I watch it and I go, what? Wait, is he talking about fighters? What? I mean, the last knockout guy he had was a sucker punch by Victor. Right? Am I wrong? Did I did I miss one? No, that was uh, his last knockout. All right, all right. And and I saw people saying, oh, he's gonna walk through him. Uh, over on Facebook, they're saying he's going to walk through him like a Toro Gotti and everything else. And, um, you know, he's bigger than a Toro Gotti. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. Listen, Floyd is a talented fighter. I don't think we ever saw the best of him because of his safety first and his, uh, timely, cho his timely choosing of the opponents uh, that do have names. And uh, let's leave it at that. Let's talk about the other Floyd, Floyd Patterson. Uh, this was a guy that uh, uh, very uh, highly regarded and uh, had uh, the same kind of story that we always hear. Tell us about Floyd. Oh, yeah, this is a great uh, rags-to-riches story. And uh, I thought they were finished, but I still hear the lawn service. Um, but maybe they're not as uh, close. Um, but hopefully, uh, you know, our friends, the, uh, the lawnmower, has to uh, join us for the show every Wednesday morning. Um, but, yeah, Floyd Patterson, of course... Uh, he was Mike Tyson before Mike Tyson. Um, uh, just as, um, you know, history repeats, well, if you're somebody like myself who um, got into boxing during the Mike Tyson generation in the 80s, uh, it seemed like, oh, my God, this amazing story, this, uh, this urchin, uh, you know, troubled youth from the streets of New York gets adopted by this uh, white guy in upstate New York and taught how to box and becomes champion of the world. Well, it happened before, actually. D'Amato had done it. He actually did it twice. That's why people kind of believed him, uh, part of why they believed him with Tyson uh, when he said he had the goods, because he had done it once with uh, Floyd Patterson. Floyd Patterson uh, was born in Waco, uh, North Carolina, um, yeah, uh, January 4th, 1935. He was born third in a family of 11. And he had uh, two older older brothers, uh, both of whom boxed, and he had an uncle who boxed, and that's how he actually got into the sport. You know, eventually they moved to New York, uh, and uh, he um, carried their bags to the gym, and uh, he eventually got into the sport himself. Custy Amato was there at the uh, Gramercy Gym uh, on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Uh, that's where he used to. Uh, that's where he got noticed by Diamato, and. Uh, 
he um, you know became a good amateur. He learned that Custiamato style uh, with the gloves up, you know, up towards your chin, you know, covering your face, and uh, you know the bobbing and weaving and um, the uh, um, crouching sort of style. He was, you know, they list him at six feet, but I thought he was a little shorter than that. Uh, I used to think he was five. I, I thought I had somewhere else written it was five eleven and a half. Uh, I thought he was shorter than six, but um, he's a small guy in terms of bulk too for a heavyweight. Uh, he actually fought as an amateur at middleweight and won the gold medal in Helsinki in 1952 with uh, five straight knockouts. Uh, five straight, uh, yeah, I think they were all knockouts. And um, but uh, you know he never weighed more than about 200, 201 pounds. Most. He came around 188, 190. Uh, he fought uh, as a light heavyweight as a pro as well, but um, not a uh, big guy. But he did pop, uh, pack pretty good pop. You know, the thing that amazes me uh, about Floyd Patterson was exactly what you just said. This was a guy that wasn't very big. Now, I, you know, I mean, granted, the heavyweight division was definitely different than it is today you know and that's why a guy like floyd patterson was successful because quite honestly the way uh, human beings are today and specifically the way the um uh, heavyweight division is today i, I don't believe that a floyd patterson uh, would have survived he did fight some uh, very uh, talented fighters early in his career like yvonne durrell uh beat him early and uh, joey maxim he lost a uh a decision to him as a light heavyweight. Um, but, uh, you know, Archie Moore, uh, he fought that uh, Pete Rademacher, which uh, was uh, his pro debut after the Olympics. Uh, he had three uh, uh, big fights with uh, Ingemar Johansson. Um, you know, I, I mean, this was a guy that w was, uh, like you said, was uh, was at the top. You know, and one thing I'll, I'll add, you know, with the uh, troubled youth thing, this kid wouldn't even talk, wouldn't speak to anyone until uh, he was in, uh, when he was sent upstate and, uh, you know, befriended uh, someone that hooked him up with, uh, with Customato. And uh, Customato was more than a great trainer. Customato was, was a good manager. And he l learned early on, just like we saw with Mike Tyson, of how to maneuver and move Floyd Patterson in a way where he would capture uh, the world heavyweight title, in which he did. As a matter of fact, we're critical of the other Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, for ducking opponents and, um, uh, you know, waiting for the right time to fight him. Well, that's exactly what Customato and Floyd Patterson did with Sonny Liston. Sonny Liston was a guy that was a number one contender for a while. And uh, Floyd Patterson kind of avoided him uh, until he couldn't hide no mo. And uh, we all know what happened there. Uh, he lost the, the fight, an interesting thing after he lost that fight because so many people wanted to see Floyd Patterson uh, destroy the, the bad guy, it was good versus evil, was he was so embarrassed, Alex, that he left the arena in a disguise, which always amazed me. How, how much pride does a fighter have when he doesn't want to be seen after losing a fight? That's something that is long gone because now uh, a fighter loses a fight and, and generally... Uh, you know, they're back to normal very quickly afterwards. Yeah, he was a shame. He, um, he uh, of all the heavyweight champions, uh, he was perhaps uh, one of the most sensitive. Um, and, uh, you know, actually, he, had a, he said once, um, you can hit me and I won't think much of it. 
but you can say something and hurt me very much. Um, and, you know, he, as you said, he, he had, was sent to a, a home for uh, boys with, you know, emotional troubles, an institution. Uh, when he was 11, his, his mother had him committed, and he, um, you know, uh, ran away a lot. Uh, he was a bit of a, a loner. Um, he uh, used to sleep on the streets some nights. He said his friends were the rats. Uh, he slept on this in this one particular uh, alley uh, behind High Street. Um, yeah, it. Uh, but of course, that changed when he found boxing and, and Customato. Uh, you know, he um, he uh, he he learned, uh, studied, and as well as uh, trained his body. So you really have this like. Um, this great uh, sort of Athenian story, uh, you know, where you have the, both the, uh, the body and mind and the emotional uh, being improved. But you're right, uh, he, he still had that, you know, tremendous shame when he lost uh, that he would wear a disguise. Uh, the thing that was interesting, and I think that's very, very different from Floyd Patterson, I mean, from uh, Floyd, the other Floyd, Floyd Mayweather of today, uh, is, as you said, Custy Amato had no interest in him fighting Sonny Liston because he knew he'd get destroyed. And But Floyd was like, no, I want Sonny Liston. Uh, that's the number one contender. Um, and uh, so that would be like Floyd Mayweather calling out um, Paul Williams at the time, like the most dangerous opponent, which, of course, he would never do. Um, so, you know, you got to give credit to Floyd Patterson for that. Uh, you know, even though he did, uh, it was like walking to the electric chair. Uh, he got absolutely pummeled. That was Liston, you know, at probably some of Liston's, those might be uh, two of Liston's best performances. Uh, he crushed uh, uh, Patterson in uh, the first round. And then when he fought him the second, he actually had a rematch. Uh, and um, he went four seconds longer. Right. I mean, uh, that's that was that. that you know, I, I mean, he, here's the thing: when you look at when you look at Floyd Patterson, he started boxing in 1952. He became a champion. Uh, you know, uh, in uh, you know, less than ten years after that. And by the time he lost the title, it was almost ten years to the day of when he started his career, when he lost his title to Sonny Liston in, in uh, September of 62, he lost his title. But the thing is, and as much as, you know, I was a big Sonny Liston fan, so, uh, you know, as much as he demolished Floyd Patterson, Floyd Patterson continued on for another 10 years. Uh, he did have a, uh, a two-year layoff after 1968, but this was a guy that, that continued on. And um, he was demolished by uh, uh, Sonny Liston. He did get another shot at a world uh, heavyweight title when he fought in the uh, heavyweight tournament in 1968 against Jimmy Ellis and uh, lost that one. But um, but for the most part, he was a fighter. And, and you know, uh, I, I always tell this story uh, about me meeting Floyd Patterson for the first time. Uh, as everyone, uh, well, uh, I'm sure you'll be able to tell him in a minute, but he en ended up living in New Paltz, and he had a gym there. And um, one time, at that time, I, I, I had my first business. I, I was in a contracting business, and I happened to have been doing a job over on that side of the river. I lived on the other side, and I was in the New Paltz, uh, uh, like, Ace Hardware store. 
and I was looking for a part or whatever we needed, and, and me and a couple of my guys were there, and uh, all of a sudden, who do I see? I see Floyd Patterson, right? And I'm going, Floyd Patterson, that's Floyd Patterson, right? And uh, he's holding, the funny part of the story was, he's holding, you know, what a, you know a wheelbarrow wheel? Yeah. All right. There's two kinds of wheelbarrow wheels. One is the kind that you put air in, right? And the other was that on a cheaper, smaller wheelbarrow, it's kind of like a plastic, hard plastic wheel with a white rim, and it's kind oh, of right, solid. Like a solid wheel. Yeah, it's like a solid wheel, right? Floyd Patterson, it walks up to us while we're talking to the guy, and we're like, oh, hey, Floyd, hey, hello. and he was real nice, and uh, he goes, hey, I sorry to bother you guys, but I, I just need a new tire, and he holds up one of those plastic white rim uh, uh, wheelbarrow reels, and he separated the hard plastic from the rim. And and we're all looking at him and he goes, I need to get a new one of these tires. And and the guy in the thing goes, Floyd, you 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 took that apart? And he says, Oh man, this is a pain in the ass to get apart. And he goes, Yeah, well, we sell the whole thing. You don't have to take them apart. And Floyd's like, Oh, no wonder. What do you expect from a fighter? You know, and uh, we all laugh. And actually, that's what got me uh into the management end because right after that uh, I brought my fighter to his gym, and uh, his name was Tony Corrado, and uh, I'll never forget it. Watching uh, Floyd Patterson, I know, I know it's uh, not a great, uh, you know, big greatest thing you had to be there. One of those stories, but you know, separating a plastic, hard plastic tire from a metal rim, I don't know how that guy did it, Alex. That must have been well. That shows you the determination. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's just that. Uh, you know, to, to keep stick at it. And That's right. Get through it. I wonder what kind of training he had to do to, to do that. But uh, uh, anyway, yeah. he did fight. Well, one thing we didn't mention, uh, I, I forgot to mention, was the, uh, of course, the Ingemar Johansson fights. That was when uh, he um, uh, he won the heavyweight title uh, when Marciano retired. Uh, it was actually kind of interesting. He fought Archie Moore, who was the top contender, uh, the two of them, and uh, it was the heavyweight championship between two men that less weighed less than 190 pounds. Uh, Floyd weighed 182 and a quarter. Moore weighed 187 and three quarters. Uh, but of course, Patterson won. Uh, it's a really good fight. Um, the uh, he stops him in the fifth. Yeah, and uh, Archie Moore yeah. Archie Moore only had 188 fights under his belt at that. He was a rookie. Yep, a rookie, exactly. And uh, so anyway, he fights Ingemar Johansson, who was from um, the, uh, you know, uh, Sweden. And um, they uh, they had a, a, a great matchup together, uh, They or style-wise, they just matched up very well. They became tremendous rivals. They had three fights together. The first one, Johansson knocked uh, Floyd out, and um, it's, uh, it's a really uh, exciting fight. I think the second one might have been fight of the year one of them i i thought was uh fight of the year but i guess it's not listed here in box rec um but uh he actually floyd was at the time um the first one to i think it was the first one to regain the heavyweight title i meant to yes. double check that yes he was he was the first one to regain it yeah so he went into almost like a monastic training uh, up in Canada for the uh, Johannesson rematch, and uh, he um, when he did knock him out uh, in that fight, they they both were able to knock each other down quite a bit. Uh, Floyd, that was one of the things about Floyd that you could say is that maybe he he was a little chinny, didn't have the greatest. Well, chinny's not right, but he didn't have the greatest chin in the world. Um, 
in that second fight, he was absolutely determined. He pummels Johansson, and uh, he um, knocks him out. And you could actually see on the video that um, uh, Johansson's foot is twitching uh, when he gets stopped. Uh, Patterson, the sensitive guy that he is, um, he uh, was he never wanted to see someone move so bad at that point. He was very uh, terrified that he permanently hurt him. Didn't he rush over to him in that fight? Wasn't that the fight he yeah, rushed you over do. to? At one point, you actually do see him like crouching down, uh, like kneeling. He was a very religious man. He very rarely missed mass. Um, and, uh, you know, that's another thing where, uh, you know, I guess it's kind of fun. I, I think he did this on purpose, Billy, say, uh, <laughs> to compare him to the other Floyd. Uh, he's the exact opposite. He's humble. Uh, one of the things he said, I, did, I didn't like being the center of attention. I prefer being with the people looking at someone else. Yeah, and the other Floyd, well, not so much. But uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> but he did fight after the uh, Ingmar Johansson fights. And, and by the way, the first fight, uh, you know, when uh, Floyd was knocked out in the third round, uh, Johansson was undefeated. Uh, obviously, in the rematch, he was still undefeated. And uh, Floyd won. They had the rubber match. Floyd won that one. Then he fought uh, Tom McNeely, who was way better than his son. <laughs> and he stopped him. Uh, and that was uh, leading up to the uh, Sonny Liston fights. Uh, we all know we talked about that. Uh, he lost both of those. Now, he did climb back up the ladder, uh, fighting and beating Eddie Machen, um, George Chevalo. Uh, he lost to Ali uh, when Ali was still coming up uh, in 1965. This was uh, prior to his exile. Uh, then he fought uh, Henry Cooper and, and a couple of fights with Jerry Quarry in which they didn't... Those were probably the three worst fights of his career. He fought Jerry Quarry in 67, got a draw, lost the uh, majority decision in 67 uh, at the end of the year. And then he lost, and, and how he got into that tournament with a, uh, a draw and a loss... He lost to Jimmy Ellis, um, took two years off, and then started to climb back up again, um, you know, winning uh, some fights against, uh, you know, not-so-great opposition until he stepped in uh, with uh, Oscar Bonavena, who he won, and he was right back in the mix again, Alex, and uh, his very last fight was a rematch against Ali, who at this point had uh, lost to Joe Frazier, and uh, was 38-1 and one and was uh, holding on to the NABF title. And uh, this was an important fight for both uh, Ali and Floyd Patterson uh, in which it didn't end too well for Floyd. Yeah, Floyd, I mean, that's the thing about him is that um, he uh, has a tremendous amount of names, uh, uh, Hall of Fame names on his record. However, uh, his record with them unfortunately is uh not winning it's uh, it's a losing record with them he has he has the two fights with ali as you said that was the final fighter's career he gets stopped in seven rounds at this point he had a really bad back uh so that bobbing weaving style was difficult to do with the uh you know the diff the, the pain in his lower back same kind of thing happened to mike tyson you wonder if maybe there's something in that style that you know uh it's it is it, it, the weaving maybe it is hard on your back or something as you go along um but uh he fought ali joey maxim sonny liston archie moore ingemar johansson uh that's uh five hall of famers he was zero and two versus ali zero and one against joey maxim uh maxim zero and two both by stoppage against liston both by stoppage also against ali uh 
one and zero versus Archie Moore and two and one uh, versus Ingemar Johansson. Um, so uh, a losing record, but damn respectable considering the names there. And there's so many guys that he fought. Also, like Jerry Corey, Bonavena, uh, Eddie Machen, uh, Ivan Durrell, guys like that who uh, are right on the cusp of Hall of Fame. He uh, was successful after his boxing career, too, Alex. Um, he uh, was, uh, well, he was the New York State Athletic Commissioner for a while, and he also trained his son, Tracy uh, Harris Patterson, who ended up screwing him. Um, he also trained Razor Ruddock for a while. I mean, he was successful. He had his gym in New Paltz and, uh, until he got sick, pretty much, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, he eventually died at 71 of... Uh, uh, Alzheimer's and uh, prostate cancer, um, but yeah, uh, a good man, and like you said, state, New York State Athletic Commissioner, um, you know, and and a, a fun, a good action heavyweight through a lot of punches, speedy punches, uh, punches and bunches, uh, combos, good combos, and um, uh, was on TV a lot. Uh, so the, you know, this this was the uh, the fifties and and um, and. and 60s so boxing was big on tv you know you had the uh gillette fights and uh, stuff like that plus he was a likable guy alex you know everybody kind of liked him after he turned his life around with customato uh he was a likable guy good looking guy yeah, soft it was a great story yeah yeah but uh tell us how he did in uh title bout okay well unfortunately uh and this is this is one of the knocks on him <clears throat> excuse me although uh, BoxRec has him ranked sixth all time. I forgot to double check Ibro. I don't think he's up that high. Um, the problem for him today is we've got monsters at the heavyweight title. Uh, in terms of size, he would just be a, a little wee man uh, against them. Um, so the first thing I put him in against the, the beast, uh, the current beast of the heavyweight champion, the guy I think is the best, Anthony Joshua. Uh, the first time they fight, Floyd Patterson wins by knockout. KO, TKO in eight rounds, stops him at two minutes and 35 uh, seconds. When they fight 100 times, Patterson dominates. 74 victories, 26 defeats. He stops the monster, Anthony Joshua, 61 times. Um, Joshua had 24 KOs in his 26 wins find that a little hard to believe me too um, me too i definitely do only because <laughs> only because of the size difference i mean God, this God. guy he, he, floyd patterson weighed uh, like what anthony joshua's leg must weigh i mean yeah. uh, you know uh, i don't know you know what this is where this is where title bout maintains respect for the for their elders <laughs> exactly and and i think that's important that the game should be sort of weighted that way but i think with port well you know one thing i did do though and maybe i shouldn't have is in the game they rank him at light heavyweight i changed that to heavyweight because i think that's unfair he wasn't a light heavyweight you know he was briefly but he was a heavyweight champion yeah he was small but they don't have uh, Marciano ranked at light heavyweight. So um, I moved him, I changed him to a heavyweight. So, you know, anyway. Um, then against Deontay Wilder, the first time he fights, he knocks out Deontay Wilder uh, in nine rounds, two minutes and 56 seconds. Uh, Patterson dominates. He wins 71 victories, 29 defeats. He stopped Wilder 67 times. 
uh, Wilder had 26 KOs in his 29 victories. Against Luis Ortiz, he really dominates him. 82 victories, 17 defeats, one draw. Uh, he stopped him 30 times. Oh, I'm sorry. When they fought the first time, again, Patterson wins by TKO in 11. Um, two minutes and eight seconds. And uh, of Ortiz's 17 wins, he had 14 wins by knockout. And I think this is the, the most legit stat um, because I think they both have big enough careers to work on. Uh, I put him in against Vlad Klitschko. The first time they fight, this I don't know. I don't know if I buy this. Uh, Patterson stops Klitschko in four rounds, TKO four, uh, two minutes and 21 seconds. When they fight a hundred times. Klitschko beats him, uh, dominates rather. Uh, Patterson wins only 36, loses 58, and they drew six times. Patterson scored 27 knockouts. In Vlad's 58 victories, he scored 39 KOs. Uh, I thought that might... might... See, because what I do is I put them in prime, uh, you know, prime Hall of Fame. I mean, prime blast from the past fighter and prime fighter of today. So, you know, if you think... Prime uh, Floyd Patterson, you know, he would do pretty well against a lot of today's guys. But I don't think he knocks any of them out. The size is too much. What, do you got Amazon Prime on the mind or what? I mean, everybody's so... <laughs> prime no, Prime! It's, it's, prime day, it's Prime Week, you know. If, uh, and don't forget, Shark Week's coming up too. But uh, anyway, no, I, I find that a little... Uh, strange, uh, honestly, only because of the old saying, uh, you know, a good big man will beat a good small man. But uh, nonetheless, Floyd Patterson was a great fighter. Uh, as far well, as... And one thing, if I could just interject for one second, uh, I'm a little surprised. Uh, I thought he was in there, but I'm looking at Ibro's um, all-time heavyweight list, and I don't see him. He's not in the top 20. Um, boy, Bob Fitzsimmons is better than him. Uh, and this was done in March 2005, and he's not even in the honorable, the just missing the cut. So, I don't know. Ibro, as of 2005, didn't even think of so, him as a top 20 heavyweight. Maybe they put him uh, at light heavyweight. Okay, I'll, I'll check that. Um, what's it called? The uh, Burt Sugar had him sixth in that book. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, Box Rec had him sixth in that book. I didn't get a chance to check the... Sugar well, while you look for the light heavyweight, because I'm running out of time, let me just uh, say this: uh, Floyd Patterson. Uh, he's not in there. He's not, not in, in there. Huh? That's right. Well, he was ranked uh, in 1998. The Ring Magazine had him ranked uh, as the 21st greatest heavyweight of all time. Uh, he was uh, um, won uh, 1954 Boxing Writers Association Award, was the Fighter of the Year in the Ring Magazine in 1956 and 1960. Uh, was inducted into the Ring Boxing Hall of Fame in 1976. Uh, he was inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame in 1991. He was a former world heavyweight champion, Floyd Patterson. Our blast from the past today, he had a total of 64 fights in his career, 419 rounds, his record 55 wins, 40 by knockout, eight losses in which he was stopped five times, uh, and he had one draw. Uh, Alex, uh, great job as usual. And we'd love to have you come back on, if you can, tomorrow uh, to talk about the uh, circus, more commonly known as uh, Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor, if you have some time. The farce. Yes, I would be happy to. Uh, one thing I do want to say is uh, you got to check out this movie Last I went to see last night, uh, Billy C. You'd like it. It's called Baby Driver. 
Uh, it's got amazing car chases, great music, some pretty good-looking babes. Uh, I'm in. Really I'm in. That's all you just sold me. Cars yeah. and great-looking babes. I'm in. I'm in. If if it's a Sin Arm City robbery, gunplay. Oh 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 yeah. If it's a Sin City type movie, I'm gonna I'll go right now. You know so. I like it. It's in color. There you go. <laughs> good good deal, Alex. Great job. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care. That's Alex Papal. You can catch him uh, on Wednesdays and then some with our blast from the past. And then some. I got to take a break. I'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could join us. And uh, speaking of joining us, uh, back with me now uh, is uh, my man Sal uh, Rocky Senecola. And Sal, I got some emails to read. Um, let's see what we got here. First one is uh, uh, from Jesse. 
He says, uh, hey, Billy C. and Sal, I saw the Connor versus Floyd press conference. I saw and heard a big crown for Connor. Uh, do you think boxing fans don't care about this fight, or is it that Connor has uh, that many fans? I pretty much see a bigger crowd for Connor in Toronto, New York, and in London. I see boxing community not really caring for this event. Well, I agree with that statement. One hundred percent. I think that the majority of the people that are going to be looking for this fight and buying this fight will be MMA fans. What's your quick thoughts? My quick thoughts. I never had quick, a quick thoughts. Thought. Quick, quick, quick. <laughs> okay, listen, listen. Uh, Larry Hazard was one hundred percent correct. I think MMA needs us more than boxing needs us one hundred percent, and uh, that's why there's so much going on with the marketing right now. They realize this, and I think MMA fans are going to be the majority of oh, who yeah. really buys yeah. this fight. So he says, I can't wait for the fights in uh, Inglewood uh, between uh, Smith, Joe Smith Jr. and, and uh, Barrera. Murara against Burchell and Corrales versus Castellanos. Are you guys going to watch these fights? Definitely I'm going to watch these fights. I love these three. Uh, we're looking forward to it. We'll be uh, breaking them down and talking about them uh, tomorrow and Friday, so make sure you don't miss those shows. He says, uh, do you expect Robbie Davies Jr. to beat uh, Michelle uh, Cyril Watka? Um, you know, I, uh, Junior welterweight. I mean, Robbie Davies Jr., his father fought. Um, it was Robbie Davies Sr. Uh, he's 27 years old. He's ranked number 27 in the world. He's 15 and over with 11 knockouts. Uh, Michelle uh, Sirawaka is number 32 in the world. He's 29 years old. Uh, he's 18 and one with uh, six knockouts. I, I think this is an evenly matched fight. I haven't had a chance to really break it down. So uh, let's leave it at that. I think it's an evenly matched fight. Thanks for the email. Your boy, Raheem, Sal. Raheem All right, got Raheem. A, How you doing, pal? A, a message, an uh, email for you, or for both of us, but uh, I know you uh, absolutely love Raheem, and uh, I, uh, I always love everybody. enjoy uh, He says, uh, hey, Billy C., it's me, Raheem. He says, uh, I read about Floyd's tax problems, and I think he's right about how the media is not reporting everything. He thinks it's a distraction for his fight against McGregor. And I hope that he pays what he needs to uh, in his taxes to focus on breaking the Rocky Marciano record. This fight is going to be great. My father thinks I shouldn't even buy it because he thinks that the fight's not a real fight. But I think he's old school and thinks different. I also think, lastly, that sports media has a lot of fake news, like President Trump says about the media. I just think that Floyd's dealing with a lot of fake news, but gives him motivation to break Marciano's record. Um Raheem, I think you should listen to your dad a little Be more. Father. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think you should listen to your pops. Well. Uh, but let me tell you something. And I said it earlier in the show, Raheem, so hopefully you heard. You know, this whole thing about Floyd and the record, Marciano. Sal, it only is significant for the heavyweights. I get it that a lot of the young fans are buying into it. But the truth of the matter is, is Floyd, give him credit for being so maneuverable with his career and sitting on an undefeated record at 40 years old right now. Uh, I give him credit for that and, of course, making all the money he did. But as far as that record, that was substantial for a heavyweight. The closest guy coming to break in that, in my opinion, was Larry Holmes. And uh, there won't be uh, another uh, guy that should get the recognition about breaking that record unless he's in the heavyweight division. What's your thoughts? You're 100% correct. I mean, that's the whole facade about this thing. I mean, there are a handful, a dozen of fighters that, that surpassed 49-0 and 0 in the lighter divisions before they did take on a defeat. But the significant value of the record of 49 wins, zero defeats with 43 knockouts is that Rocky Marciano was a heavyweight champion of the world. No other heavyweight 
in their history, which was one of the most coveted championship belts to ever have in the history of mankind. It was looked upon as that, uh, you know, has ever done that. So for Rocky Marciano to amass a ring record as a heavyweight champion of 49 wins, zero defeats with 43 KOs is spectacular. And no other heavyweight champion has ever done that in the past. Certainly not the present. And we'll see what happens in the future. But no way, shape, and hell, as I said, uh, is Floyd Mayweather in that category as far as the heavyweight championships. And, and uh, there's a dozen fighters that have gone past 49-0 and 0 with the lighter divisions before they did take on a, a, a defeat. So that's where Floyd should be comparing himself right there. But, again, he's a genius when it comes to marketing himself and doing this. So I got to give him credit. And we got could pull the wool over everyone's eyes. And like we both said, Raheem, listen to your daddy. Um, one last uh, email. This one's from Joel. He says, hey, Billy C. and Sal, did you get a chance to watch the Mayweather-McGregor press conference? I thought it was somewhat entertaining. I was curious who, who did you and think Sal won the war of words yesterday? War of words yesterday. I thought Connor definitely seemed very confident while Mayweather kept repeating his words and walking away from the mic only to walk back and say something like he was thinking of something to say. What do you think of the spectacle yesterday overall? Well, you know, it was a spectacle. It was a great decision. And, and you know, it's funny that Joel, you know, Joel's a young guy, so, he, you know, he, he's, he's thinking like a young guy, of course. And, you know, I wonder, you know, he just, I, I read that email, Sal, and I'm saying to myself, is that what the younger generation looks at? They look at these uh, win who won the war words. Is 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 that like a battle? You know, I mean, are, are they getting credit for winning? I mean, the war of words mean nothing. I don't believe anything. I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm going to do that. Oh, it's going to be toe-to-toe. -to -toe. No, it's not going to be toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Floyd's not going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. The only way to Floyd's going to... Unless they get pedicures together. That's right. Unless they get pedicures. If, if the only way it's going <laughs> to... the only way Floyd's going toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody. Right. If they're sitting in a, in a, in a, in a pedicure. Sitting side-by-side side getting pedicures. But the thing is, is toe-to-toe -to -toe may happen when McGregor can't even lift his hands from fatigue and, and Floyd goes in for the kill. Yes. But uh, it's not going to be a toe-to-toe -to -toe fight. It's just not, right? No, not from the get-go, that's for sure. Unless, you, like I said, let's not discount the fact that if, if, uh, if uh, Conor McGregor is going to rush, run through a barrage of punches or just try to trap Floyd in a corner from the start of the bell and just pound away. That's what he's going to do. Back. That's exactly what he's going to do. That's what he's got to do. I right, mean, there's right. No, there's no style. There's nothing here. I mean, I, I saw the uh, – maybe it was part of the hype. Maybe I saw uh, they had on the internet a couple weeks ago uh, Conor McGregor in a boxing ring with his barn partner who was trying to emulate a style like Floyd. And this guy was picking McGregor apart, popping him with any jab he wanted to, leading him with a right hand, doing this, doing – I mean, it was it was a spectacle. It was it – was, I said, yeah, this, this guy's a boxer. Wow. Yeah. Well, and no, then and then you got the then you got the whole uh, performance enhancing drug thing going on. Uh, you know, Floyd uh, obviously only, he only gets tested with the the less reliable way, and they're forcing uh, McGregor the uh, full blown way. And of course, they're going to let uh, yeah yeah. Well, that's Floyd. They're going to let wait, Floyd. Wait, wait. They're going to let Floyd do. Even... They're going to let him do his injections and all that stuff. But anyway, um, on this day, and don't hey, listen. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Some great fights this weekend, uh, which will yeah. start to break down tomorrow. I mean, a whole list sure. of them, uh, meaningful fights that we should be talking about instead of this charade. But uh, I know, on I know, this, I'm looking forward to that. And we'll and we'll have a lot to to discuss uh, after the fights. But on this day, July 12th in 1948, Ike Williams. 
uh, knocks out Bo Jack in the sixth round to retain the world lightweight title to place in Philadelphia. On this day in 1950, Jake LaMotta wins a 15-round decision over Tibero Mitrio uh, to retain the world middleweight title took place at Madison Square Garden in New York City. On this day in 1986, Evander Holyfield wins a 15-round decision over Dwight Muhammad Kwai to win the WBA World Cruiserweight title, and that took place in Atlantic City. Uh, on, this day, in, on this day in 1987, uh, Lupe Aquino, uh, wins a 12-round decision over Dwayne Thomas to win the WBC World Junior Middleweight title. It took place in France. That fight took place in France. And on this day in 1985, Barry Michael. Was he a singer? I don't know. Barry Michael Barry wins Wolf, a 15 yeah, He was fighting, uh, uh, I ain't got short people, right? Uh, he was fighting, uh, Barry Michael wins a 15-round decision over Lester Ellis to win the IBF World Junior Lightweight title. And that took place in the land down under in Australia. Uh, listen, like Sal and I said, we got a lot of stuff to talk about tomorrow and Friday. We're going to get Alex to come on and give us his thoughts about the charade. We'll probably even uh, make Dax come on and give us his thoughts. We'll be talking about these big fights that are scheduled for Friday and Saturday. A lot of fights on TV that you guys can watch. So, uh, you know, we had a slow week last week. This week will be, uh, this weekend will be uh, much busier in terms of great fights on TV. So uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time. Same <laughs> Stop making faces. They no, can't I, see I it. A, I know. Okay. Okay. I, you're rude. I got to take two. Tune in tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, ciao, baby.